welcome to the Empower Church podcast. My name is Matt Garner, and I'm the pastor at Empower Church here in Melbourne, Australia. We're so glad you've joined us today, and I am believing that today's message is not only going to inspire you and encourage you, but it's going to empower, equip, and challenge you to be everything that God has called you to be. Hey, if you want more information about what we're up to at Empower Church, just jump on our website, empowerchurch.co, and all the details are there. We really hope that you enjoy the message. Too good. Well, are you ready for God's Word this morning? Are you really ready? You didn't sound very ready. We're going to do something a little bit different this morning. In a moment, um, Ehab's going to come and and share with us for a couple of moments. Um, If you don't know, we're in a series that we're calling Fivefold Family. You might have heard me say uh, just a moment ago that uh, we actually believe in a a church full of ministers, not members. And so we're really um, excited about you being activated in your God shape. And uh, whilst there's a whole lot of things to be done and to do to make church life happen, um, to make community happen, to make um, just, yeah, just to, to make uh, this devotion to Jesus and serving God together happen, uh, obviously one avenue of that is throughout Sundays um, and what we do in Sunday services. What's really on our heart is not try to, is to not try to pigeonhole you into five different things that all revolve around Sunday services. And so our heart is to empower and to equip the church for the work of the ministry. A couple of weeks ago, I spoke a message about the ecclesia. Do you remember that? The ecclesia. If you didn't get it, you can look it up online. And um, it's about this concept of the difference between what we know as the church and the ecclesia. Aren't they the same thing? Well, go back and listen to it for the sake of time. I won't go through it all right now. Needless to say that the word church actually comes from this word kiriakon doma. And so when the one time that Jesus, or the first time that Jesus used the word church, as far as we know in the Scriptures, He used the word ecclesia. Throughout time, um, going back to Tyndale, Tyndale was actually martyred. He was executed over the translation of this word in our Bibles. And so as we we read the word church, it was actually originally translated by Tyndale, who was the first, uh, who translated uh, the first English Bible. He wanted it translated as Christ's congregation or simply the word ecclesia, which simply means the called out ones. But religion, and you'll know this if you've been in church for a while, thrives, its life supply is power. And so if you've been in a religious environment before, it thrives on hierarchical power. And and it does that through structures. And so whilst there's nothing wrong with structures and leadership and those sorts of things, when there's a religious spirit behind it, Say, what's a religious spirit? It's a spirit that points to a lot of things, but not enough to Jesus. And it kind of has Jesus or spirituality as this backdrop to what it's trying to do. 
And so we find ourselves in a, in a world where we call everything church. Are you going to church today? What church did you used to go to? Let's give our money to build the church. Then we have confusing statements because we say, well, I am, we are the church. Well, which one is it? And the point is, is that Kyriakon Doma, which is this word that uh, we interpret the word church from, actually came in 300 years after Jesus. 300 years after Jesus. Unfortunately, what has happened is, is we've lent more towards this word church, Kyriakon Doma, which means the house of the Lord, the house of God. We've lent, lent more towards that than we have to the ecclesia. And so at, today, as we talk, as Ehab comes in just a minute to talk about, uh, as we talk about the fivefold, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the shepherd and the teacher, Apest for short, uh, we are excited to take you and to take our church family on this journey to realising that Ephesians 4, when Paul wrote it, he wasn't writing it to specific leaders in the church. He was actually writing it to the body of Christ. And so um, when we filter everything to do with the fivefold, am I an apostle, am I this, am I that? Often the filter by which we look is one that is through Kyriakon Doma rather than through Ecclesia. It's through what happens on a Sunday morning rather than who God's called you to be in your life. There are 168 hours in the week and you and I sit here for a couple of hours a week and we still complain that the services are too long. That's just another pastor rant right there. Didn't sleep much, so there's gonna be rants. No, I'm joking. But you know what I'm saying? Like we, we, we've got to equip you not for work in the Sunday service. You've got to be equipped to know who you are in Christ when you get to work on a Monday morning. When that alarm clock goes off on a Monday morning or a Tuesday morning and that weight of anxiety is still there. We want to equip you to be that person when there's more bills at the end of the week. You know what I'm saying? There's more bills at the end of the money. We want to equip you and I believe that you need to understand who you are as the ecclesia, as the called out ones. And so as we talk about fivefold, it's number one, not to box you in or label you. I'm this, I'm that. This is what my thing is, so I'm not gonna go anywhere else or do anything else. The truth is, as we grow in the, all these gifts, as we grow in and we, you're gonna find out that you probably lean to, more towards one of these five gifts. But the truth is, is Jesus was the perfect expression of all of these gifts in one. He was 100% apostle. He was 100% prophet. He was 100% evangelist, shepherd and teacher. And so as we grow in the likeness of Jesus, not as we grow in the likeness of Sunday church or the style of ministry or whatever, but as we grow in the likeness of Jesus, we are growing, or as we grow in our fivefold gifting rather, we're actually growing into the likeness of Jesus. And so the purpose is for us to understand that apest, the fivefold, is God's gift to the church. It's God's gift to you, it's in, in you. Most of us, when we have the 
Kyriakon Doma view of the fivefold, we are thinking, well, um, we kind of box it in, don't we? We box it in of like, um, like he's an apostle, he's a this, he's a that. Why those gifts absolutely exist? They're things in the church, which we'll talk about at another time. The purpose of today is for you to realise that if we are gonna function as a healthy, spiritual, Jesus-orientated community, if we are gonna win and influence our world for Jesus, if we're gonna see your children get off drugs and get more passionate about Jesus than they do Fortnite, <laughs> if, we, if, we, if, we're to, if we're to see our community transformed, come on, are you with me? I just, wanna, I just wanna tell you today that the same old Sunday service that you and I are so addicted to is not gonna change the world. What's gonna change the world is when the body of Christ release the Spirit of Christ into the world. What's gonna change the world is when we stop just believing for the supernatural in here and we start saying, oh, you're unwell. Oh, your mum's got cancer. Let me pray for her and let me see the power. Oh, your kid's got an addiction to this. Oh, you're struggling with that. Let me be the ecclesia to you because Jesus is inside of me. Amen. Rather than let me invite you to Kiriakondoma. Let me actually be the church to you. You with me? And so um, the last thing that I wanna say before Ehab comes is I want you to view the systems, I want you to view the APES like systems in the body. You know, we've got the respiratory system, we've got the lymphatic system, we've got the circulatory system, system, did I say that correct? We've got the nervous system. We've got all these different systems running through our body. Some systems seem more important than others at times. And so you might, one system might be struggling or not present or not working. And if that one system, how many of you know when the respiratory system is diseased or weak, the rest of the systems, as healthy as they might be, that affects the actual overall health of the body. And so if, the, if, uh, if we have a view that the apostolic in, within our community, not, not, I don't want you to be thinking, am I an apostle? That's not the purpose of this. I want you to be thinking, well, I'm, I'm, I'm apostolic. I have some apostolic tendencies. I'm, I'm, I can be prophetic. I can be shepherding. I can, oh yeah, I really gravitate towards the expression of a teacher. I want you to see these things as the system of the body. We need all five to be a healthy community. And so we want to reframe what they look like. We want to take them out of Kiriakon Doma land from like just this big person that I am the apostle of the church, you know. Don't worry, we're not introducing some weird name. I'm not putting it on my business cards. You know, apostle, prophet, shepherd, something, you know, whatever. Um, we're, 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 this is about us as a church community, about more or less about what happens in this room, more about what happens out there on a Monday. Um, and so let's welcome Ehab as he comes and he talks to us about the shepherd.
Good morning. How awesome is this? <laughs> Thank you. So good. Um, yeah, I have the, uh, the absolute honour this morning of uh, sharing around Jesus, the Good Shepherd. But before we, we go there, just um, we'll read what uh, Pastor Matt was talking about earlier in Ephesians chapter 4, just so we can get a backdrop of how things are. This is the NLT version. It says, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. Key words there. Christ gave. I wasn't assigned because you assigned me or I assigned you. It's Christ who assigns us. Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and the teachers, pastors or shepherds. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. Verse 13 says, This will continue until all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of the church, of the organisation, of the committee. What does it say? Of Christ. There's our standard. It's, it's, it's that standard simply because he gave it to us in the first place. So let's, let's go from there. That because Christ is the one who established the church and because Christ knows exactly the function of the church, what's required for the church to be built up, what's required for the church to be powerful enough to infiltrate the world, as Pastor Matt said earlier, a lot of times we sit there and think, why doesn't the church have a voice in government? Why can't we have an influence here and an influence there and an influence? This is what they thought Jesus was going to bring about when he was here. Did they not? But Jesus said, I've come to seek and to save those that are lost. We have a mission. Each one of you has a mission. And I want you to understand this also. This, this really got me when I really came before the Lord and said, God, what is it that you want me to do? I want you to understand that every one of you, everyone, every single one of you fits in here. So it's not a matter of the people who are standing up here or playing music or, or serving in, in some capacity, but each single one of us has a God-given gift that we use to edify the church one and then from Monday to Saturday, if you like, whichever day, it doesn't really matter, Monday to Sunday, every single day to infiltrate everybody that we come in contact with. So the function of these isn't primarily here. Yeah, right. Understand this. And it's not a matter of, well, I wasn't gifted here. I wasn't gifted there. I can't talk. I can't this. How many times have we seen this, that God will use yeah. even the stones to cry out? Even a donkey. Remember Absalom? Spoke through a donkey. Out of all the animals, he chose a donkey. We're not going to go there. Donkeys. Balaam? Was it Balaam? Absolutely. Okay. Thank you, Pastor. Absolutely. 
<laughs> so let's go on from here. A lot of times we make up a word and then we fit people into it. So we all understand what a shepherd is. Somebody who tends sheep. Somebody who looks after the sheep. Somebody who gathers the sheep. Somebody who protects the sheep. This is somebody who does stuff. But I want to go the other way around and say, Jesus taught us what a shepherd is because he is the good shepherd, right? So it wasn't like, okay, well, we need somebody to tend this and do this and do this and we'll just call them a shepherd. Who fits that? But it's more, do I fit like Jesus? Am I like him in shepherding God's people? So it's not a matter of, does this person fit these attributes? But it's more, do I fit in the image and the likeness of Christ, who is the good shepherd? So Jesus is the one who calls himself, I am the good shepherd. And the shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Now a good shepherd is one who will look after the sheep, who will tend the sheep, who Jesus himself said, will leave the 99 and go after the one. I wonder how many shepherds we have here in this room. Ask. How about we spend a couple of minutes just in prayer now and really surrender this time, your time with the Lord. Father, thank you that you have allowed us to be in this place in peace and in safety. Thank you, Lord, that you are overseeing everything here today. Thank you for your presence, Lord. Thank you for sitting right beside us. Father, instill in us your voice that we would hear you, that we would know that it is you who is speaking to us. Father, each person here today is in need of a touch from you, Lord. Would you raise the shepherds? Would you knock on their hearts, Lord, that this is what I have called you to be? Listen to him today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So Jesus, he is the perfect embodiment of the shepherd. He is the ultimate peacemaker. Can we get those ones up, please, Michael? He is the ultimate peacemaker. The soul healer, the reconciler, the helper, the unifier, the caregiver, protector, nurturer, defender. Now, unfortunately, I don't have the time to go through each one because I tell you, you could spend, I'm not even going to put words as a time limit, but you could spend so much time on each one of these. Think about all of these things. He is the embodiment of all of these. He is our perfect example. And throughout the word, throughout the gospels, you will see Jesus being the peacemaker. You will see Jesus being the defender. You will see Jesus standing in the gap for those who are supposed to be or those who were neglected or those who were supposed to be judged or those who were supposed to be condemned. He is our defender. I wonder how many shepherds are in this room today. Do you see yourself here? 
Remember, it is God, Jesus, who gives these gifts to the church. Do you see yourself as a shepherd? Are you one who makes peace? Blessed are the peacemakers. You are soul healer. Maybe there's something inside of you that is really gravitates to people. That you really maybe you, you, you search and you look and maybe God's giving you some sort of unction and, and, and to, to go and speak with people. Maybe the lonely, maybe the hurting, maybe somebody that's just sitting alone. And we're not talking about just here. We're talking about the Monday to Saturday. We're talking about workplaces. We're talking about you going into the supermarket and all of a sudden there's somebody is crying or somebody is in need or some, there's something that Holy Spirit inside of you says, speak. I know that's not easy. It's never easy to speak when it's not expected of you. But as Gavin said this morning, whilst we were praying out in the foyer, all it needs is for a step of faith and God will take care of the rest. I wonder how many shepherds are here in this room today. Do you gravitate to people? You love to know detail? You want to invest time in people? You're a defender of those who cannot defend themselves. People who are hurting and you gravitate to them. This is Jesus. Was he not like this? He sat down with those who were outcasts, weren't allowed to associate with each other. It's perfect in everything that he did. Sat with a Samaritan woman. Two things wrong there. Samaritans don't associate with the Jews. A woman, a man speaking alone. I wonder how many shepherds here in this room today. And I keep saying that because I want you to ask yourself, Jesus, is this who you've called me to be? And it doesn't have to be one from the five. It could be all five. I love what Pastor Matt has been teaching us recently when he keeps saying that Jesus is, is perfect in every one of them. You know, when you do these, these kind of tests and it, you know, you ask, it asks questions and you answer them and it kind of depicts who you are. You're more of a shepherd than you are a teacher, than you are an evangelist, et cetera, et cetera. And you may get 20% here and 5% there. And Jesus is 100% in all of them, meaning that he is our perfect example. He is the one that I can learn from to be the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist the teacher, the shepherd. It is him that gives to the church. Are you a protector, nurturer? You know, every one of us, if we have children or grandchildren, we are a shepherd. You are leading your families. You are leading your husbands, your wives, your children, your grandchildren. We are shepherds. Let us learn from the good shepherd who would leave the 99 and go after the one. You know, there's a passage in the word of God, which I don't have up here, but it's in Luke, Luke chapter 7. Now, this really got me because where's, where's Tomsey? Tomsey taught, taught this 
uh, taught me this a, a while ago, and this is so beautiful. So if you have your Bibles in front of you, it's Luke chapter 7 from verse 1. And it says, When Jesus finished saying all this to the people, He returned to Capernaum. At that time, the highly valued slave of a Roman officer or a centurion was sick and near death. When the officer heard about this, he sent, for Jesus, or he sent others to Jesus. Uh, sorry, I missed the point. He sent some respecting Jewish elders to ask him to come and heal his slave. So they earnestly begged Jesus to help the man. If anyone deserves your help, he, uh, he does, they said, for he loves the Jewish people and even built a synagogue for us. So Jesus went with them. But just before they arrived at the house, the officer sent some friends to, the, to him and said, Lord, you don't need to trouble yourself to come to my home. I am not worthy of such an honour. I'm not even worthy to come and meet you. Just say the word and where you are, from where you are, and my servant will be healed. I know this because I too am under authority of my superior officers and I have authority over my soldiers. I only need to say go and they go, come and they come. And if I say to my slaves, do this, they do it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed. Turning to the crowd that was following him, he said, I tell you, I haven't seen faith like this in all of Israel. Why is this story a story of a, of a good shepherd in regards to this centurion. And this centurion was obviously the leader of how many people? Centurion? Hundred? Great. He had one that was sick. One that was ill. One out of the hundred. Now he was a man of authority. He said so. He said, I am under authority, but I also have others who are under my authority. And at any time... He sees that somebody is sick, being a centurion, being a soldier, being a leader of the Roman Empire. He could have said, well, you know, he's not good to me. I'm going to bring in another person. But he didn't do that. The good shepherd would say, I will leave the 99, the 99 who are healthy, who are good, and I will go after the one. This is why Jesus said, I have not seen faith in all of Israel like this. He emulated Christ. He would leave the 99 and go after the one. How beautiful is this? What a beautiful picture we've been given. Not just Jesus, but he has given to us the ability to say and do the same things. And this only comes from him. There's no school that you can attend to help you become the shepherd. This comes from the inside that God gives to you in the first place. It is Jesus who gives to the church. It is him. No amount of study. You know, I have my daughter who works in the hospital and she said, Dad, you know how many times doctors don't know how to relay messages? They're just so, they're so there's no empathy, there's no sympathy. They just blurt things out. I think you can teach them how to be a doctor. But on the inside, how to be sympathetic how to say, let's talk about this. Yeah. We'll work through this. Yeah. You can't teach that. 
No amount of school can teach you those kind of things. It is only Holy Spirit. So spend time with him. I wonder how many of you are shepherds in this room. Every one of us should strive to be. God, teach me. Teach me to be. What a beautiful picture. Now, there's a lot of verses that I have up here. You can take a screenshot of them. Please do some, not research, do some study. Sit with the Lord. Say, Lord, teach me. I want to be the good shepherd. I want to be like you. I want to be the one who will leave the 99 and go after the one. I want to be like that. Jesus was like that. Jesus is like that. He will leave those who are in a group, those who are safe, and go after the one. You know, if I get 99 out of 100, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty happy with that. But this is why Jesus said to the Father, I have not lost one, except for the one who was already predestined. But I have not lost a single one that you've given entrusted to me. And I pray that when we stand before the Lord, we can say that. I want to be like that. I wonder how many people in this room gravitate to being a shepherd or have a shepherd heart. The one who loves people, whether they don't know them or not. It is such an amazing thing when we step out in faith, when God sees that we step out in faith and heed his call to go out into all the world. You know, when Jesus said that to the disciples of the 500 as he was ascending into heaven, he didn't say go into the towns where you're from. He didn't say go to the people that you know and love or those you are most comfortable with, but go out into all the world and make disciples of all nations. That's a step of faith. And I will be with you. I will be with you. That is the good shepherd when Jesus stepped onto earth. Did he not love us? Did he not spend time with us? Did he not care for us? Did he not defend us? Did he not nurture us? And we are to be like Christ. We ought to be like him. Just the last part there. Thanks, Michael. This question I want you to ask and pray on and maybe even pray and fast. As a member of the body of Christ, we are to examine and ask ourselves the following questions. What is my gifting? And do I have the shepherding qualities? What is my gifting? There is not a single person that belongs to Jesus that does not have a gift. From one to many. All of us do. Do not ever say, I don't have. I can't talk. I can't play an instrument. I can't witness. I can't be apostolic. I'm not a, there is no such thing. The Bible tells us that he gives gifts to all his children. All. So I pray that we spend time with him to know what is it, Lord, that you want me to do? How is it that you want me to be?
Where do you want me to go? It's not difficult, but it requires commitment between you and the Lord. The Lord's committed to you. You know that. But are we to him? Am I committed to him to know what it is, Lord, that you want me to do? And I love the fact that it's not about Sundays. We are to equip the church, absolutely. We are to raise each other up, stir up one another in love, learn from one another, encourage each other, lift each other up when we are down. But this is so we go out into the world and get our hands dirty again. So this is what God calls us to be and to do. You're a shepherd. Lord, I want to be like you. I don't think when we read about the shepherd, I don't think there's any one of us who would ever say, I'm not really gravitating to that, to loving people, to taking care of them, to seeing their needs met. I think that's our primary one, without sounding like there's a primary one. (laughs) But this is who Jesus is, not was, but he is. He is today. Let's bow our heads in a word of prayer. You are the good shepherd, Lord. And we thank you that you are good. We thank you that you are good, Lord. You are the one who laid down his life for the sheep. You also said, Lord, that you have other sheep that are not of this fold. Because you were speaking about the Jewish people. And here we are, the Gentiles who have been grafted in. You were speaking of us. So Lord, how many times will we look and think and see other people who are just not like us, who are not of this fold. Who are we to say, Lord, they're not about us. They're not from us. But neither were we. We weren't, Lord. But you grafted us in and you loved us, Lord, that you did not wish for anyone to perish. So Lord, would you give us that desire, Lord, to run after those who are far from you, that we would not hesitate, that we would not be frightened of consequences, but knowing that you promise that you will be with us forever. So give us that desire, Lord God. I pray that you will... Lord, speak to each one of us here in this place, right here, right now, Lord God. I know that you are doing work within the hearts of some here today, if not all. But Lord, you are able to stir us up, Lord, so that we would be people who would love you with all our hearts, with all our souls, with all our minds. We thank you, Lord for what you've done, for what you are doing, for what you will continue to do until we all are in unity. This 
is your promise. These are your words. So help us, Lord, abide in them. In Jesus' name. So good. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your word, Jesus. We just receive it. We receive it into our hearts today, Jesus. Bless your wonderful name, Jesus. Awesome. Awesome, God. Awesome, Jesus. Father, we want to be like you. So help us grow, Father in this aspect, Father, in our community. Let a big part of our culture, Father, be shepherding, being caring. I think we're already pretty good, but Lord, I just pray, Father, that you would help us. Go after that one, Father. Leave the 99, Father. Let us just be so, carry your heart for people. Let us carry your heart, Father, for the broken. Let us carry your heart for the lost, Jesus. Father, at the expense of the group, let us carry your heart for those that don't know you, Jesus, for those that are away from you, from those that are struggling. Bless the wonderful name of Jesus. Bless the wonderful name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You notice quickly before we, before we close, um, Whilst we're talking about shepherding, I thought it'd be good for us to um, just introduce our eConnect leaders. And so um, our eConnects are kind of not necessarily traditional small groups, but what's in our heart is to, um, is to have a shepherding culture. And so just so you know, we haven't, um, our eConnects are kind of like our small groups, but we haven't directly asked those that have put their hand up to be eConnect leaders. We haven't asked them necessary to run a night on this night, every Wednesday fortnight, and then you're in a group, then you run a group or anything like that. Really what we've asked them to do is we've asked them to, to help carry the load of shepherding our community. And so some of them, um, you know, will have a rhythm of meeting fortnightly, maybe weekly, maybe monthly, maybe sometimes it'll be, I don't know, that's up to them. Really what we're saying is, is our heart is to acknowledge that, um, well, our, our heart is to pioneer. I, I believe a new wineskin of doing church is not about trying to get you as a square peg to fit in a round hole of our church organisational structure. And so our heart is to help you to identify the God shape that you are and honour that, acknowledge that and then release that. And so um, these are just a few people that have put their hand up um, to say, hey, we, we want to be involved in helping shepherd our community. And so we've got like this opt-in model at our church. And so we're trying new things, right? So we're new. And we just, we don't want to do things in church life just because that's the way we've already always done them. Like essentially, to be honest with you, I'm like a career pastor. And so I know all the mechanisms to get people, to get the sheep to do what the sheep should do. <laughs> I, know, I, know all the, I know all the tricks. I've been in the trick land for a long time. And so what's in our heart is actually to, um, you know, 
like, so we, we will, um, having said all that to say that we actually have like an opt-in model um, and that is that if you want to be involved in church community, then that's really up to you. And so we'll provide a whole lot of pathways, a whole lot of connect points. They're going to be really clear over the next couple of months um, around how you can connect, how you can explore your gifting and different opportunities on Sundays, but also beyond. Um, but our heart really is to um, our our heart is to continue to grow and develop you in what God's got for your life. And so we don't need more people that are just good at doing church. We need carpenters and photographers and lawyers and doctors and teachers and parents and all of the above to, um, to be the body of Christ, to be shepherds in our world. And so over the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about the other four gifts. It's going to be broken up a little bit by Easter, which is going to be really wonderful. But what I want to do quickly now, if you're um, not everyone's here obviously today, but um, if you are hosting an, a, one of our eConnects, um, just want to quickly get you to stand up if that's all right. Quickly, don't be shy. Thank you. Awesome. 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 There's a few people around. Awesome. And so here are some immediate pathways by which you can just get connected and get involved. And you might say, actually, I really, I really identify with being a shepherd and I want to care for people and create a culture of care and connection. And um, as I said, this is less about making sure everyone gets a phone call once a fortnight and actually more about ensuring that we have a culture of shepherding within our church community. And so these guys will be in the foyer. Go and ask them questions. They're probably going to make stuff up um, to answer the questions. That's what we do. Um, talk to Ehab, as was mentioned before by Bill. We have a, there's a, a beautiful bright green eConnects thing um, in pull-up banner in the foyer. Ehab and some of the guys will be around there for the next couple of weeks as we get eConnects off the ground. And just get... What does that mean? That means as we just foster a culture of shepherding and community within our church, which we're really excited about. If you want to get involved in that, put your hand up to be involved. Come see Ehab um, because I just think that there are some gifts in the church that are waiting to be unwrapped. And so we're just really, really excited about that. Amen. Amen. Thanks, guys. Yeah, you can be seated. Awesome. Or you can be seated.